Welcome to Full Life FM. I'm your host, Emily Tim. I'm a registered dietitian, content creator, and feminist on a mission to help women live their fullest lives. I've worked with thousands of women with PCOS and other endocrine conditions to optimize metabolic, reproductive, and mental health. I'm passionate about approachable, evidence-based nutrition, intentional living, and the Mediterranean diet and lifestyle. Each week, we'll bring you new episodes and guest interviews to inspire, empower, and educate on what it really means to be healthy. If you like this podcast, please share it with a friend or leave a review. And if you're ready to do health together, I'd love to have you in my membership community, The Full Life Society. I'm so glad you're here. Let's get started. Hello. Happy Friday. Good afternoon. Welcome to a mini masterclass. I decided to do this masterclass kind of last minute, but I just feel so strongly about this topic. And I'm like, I want to talk about this. I really want to talk about how big this is. So we are talking all about inflammation and what inflammation has to do with PCOS what inflammation has to do with metabolic health, reproductive health, mental health. So I thought this would just be a fun summary. So say hello if you're hopping on and if you're on the replay and let me know if there are any questions that you have about inflammation or anything because we will have time for a few questions. So I found this really cool article. I'm in my car right now, obviously. so I don't have it printed out in front of me, but I found this really cool article yesterday that was just this like so, it was just this just a super approachable, like super profound article about inflammation and what inflammation means for health. Um, and I was like, wow, this is really inspiring. Hello from Jamaica, wow, hello. Um, does inflammation cause joint pain? Yes. So that's what we're gonna talk about is we're gonna talk about what are some signs and symptoms of inflammation and what causes inflammation, what is inflammation, how does inflammation relate to PCOS? Those are the big things I think I'm gonna talk about. So yeah, we'll talk about that a little bit. Hi, Susan. Cool. So what, does anybody know what inflammation is? I'd love to know like what definition you have or what you think about when you think about inflammation like I think it's just like this big word but it's like what does that actually mean (laughs) somebody said what about headaches yeah we can talk about that so inflammation I think it's helpful when we're thinking about inflammation to think first about acute inflammation so let's pretend you're cooking something on the stove something good I don't know spinach and artichoke pasta sounds good to me right now let's pretend you're cooking something on the stove and you accidentally burn your hand while you're cooking ow so we know that feeling right like we know that like oh crap (laughs) when we burn our hand on the stove our body knows that we've been injured the injury is going to become inflamed right? Like it's going to become red. Maybe it's going to become a little bit big. Maybe it's going to scab over depending on the severity of the burn, but we're going to have this like localized reaction. This is where our body says, okay, something's wrong. Let me send some infection fighting cells, some immunity, immunity 
fighting cells to this location. We're going to take care of this inflammation. Um, or not we're going to take care of this inflammation. We are going to create inflammation so that we can take care of this injury. And the process of this acute inflammatory response, it really is about the immune system helping us to heal this wound. Now, that's an acute episode of in, uh, acute incidence, incident, incidence of inflammation. Chronic inflammation, though, is similar in that our body detects that there's like a foreign invader or it detects that there's something wrong and then it sets off this internal reaction, this internal inflammatory response to try and fix the problem. And it can go on all of the time. So sometimes you can have a period of chronic inflammation that's like a couple of months, right? Like maybe you move to a new city and you're eating different foods and you are exercising less than you were before and maybe your sleep is interrupted because you're in a new time zone. I don't know, I'm just making something up. That could cause a temporary period of inflammation. I remember when I went and studied abroad in Italy, the first month that I was there, I experienced a lot of brain fog, some joint pain, some different like kind of symptoms of inflammation because I was like in this new, I think because I was in this new environment, my body was adjusting to a new time zone. I was eating different foods, maybe more gelato, maybe more wine. And so I had this like period of, of inflammation. It also manifested in some weight gain and my skin wasn't as good as usual. So we can have these chronic periods of inflammation that aren't all the time that are like over a period of time. Or for many Americans, actually not even Americans, honestly, it's, it's a lot of people in the world now because the Western way of, of eating and living has really taken over. But for a lot of people in the world, we live with a chronic state, a systemic state of low-grade inflammation. Just our body is in an environment that is not ideal, and so we live in this kind of heightened state of an immune response of something being wrong. This is very interesting because nowadays what people die from is chronic inflammatory disease. Three out of five people will die as a direct result of inflammation. Three out of five. I'm trying to organize my brain right now. <laughs> so what is actually causing this inflammation? There's a few, there's a couple big things and then there's a lot of little things. So the big things are this. The big things are you can have an autoimmune condition that is triggered by a combination, combination of environmental and genetic factors. And because of that, your body's own immune system is attacking itself. Now you can manage an, uh, an autoimmune condition and put, you know, and reduce the inflammation. Like for myself, I live with two autoimmune conditions. And so inflammation is something really personal to me. And it's something that I'm very aware of. So I'm very aware of when my body is starting to feel inflamed. You, and some of the symptoms, some of the things that come up for me, I notice more brain fog. I notice more joint pain. Somebody asked about joint pain. I notice like lower energy. I notice um, 
that my appetite isn't as strong and like my, my cravings for high fiber foods and vegetable foods aren't as strong. And I feel more like just weak, like it's a feeling. So I notice that. So we can have inflammation from autoimmune disease. PCOS is kind of a bit of an autoimmune disease. Some people think that, I think that a little bit. Then we can have inflammation from this second way, which is very, very common. Fat cells set off a cascade of reaction, hormonal signaling in the body that creates inflammation. So having excess body fat can be associated with having chronic low-grade inflammation. This is how we think the pathophysiology of obesity works. It's not that like having it's, it's, it's about the fact that fat is metabolically active. And so this chronic low-grade state of inflammation is what contributes to chronic disease risk and insulin resistance. And metabolic syndrome. So those are the two primary ways. Autoimmunity and excess body fat. And with PCOS, kind of have both. Now, there are other factors though that can contribute to and drive inflammation, environmental factors. I'm going to talk to you about a few. Poor sleep and not sleeping enough is one of the biggest drivers of inflammation. So if you have PCOS, one of the best things you can do to reverse your symptoms and just feel 100% better, honestly, for every human on the planet, this is true, is to sleep more, to sleep that seven to eight hours a night, to focus on high quality sleep, to value going to bed at a similar time and waking up at a similar time every day. That is a behavior that is anti-inflammatory. What else contributes to inflammation? the environments and the societies that are set up for us. So if you live in a community that you have to get in your, car, in your car to drive everywhere, that contributes to inflammation because it increases the amount of time that we spend sitting and decreases the amount of time that we spend moving. It's interesting today and really any winter day in Cleveland, you will find me outside of my office, outside of my home. I typically come to this little walkable community very close to me so that even in the winter I can get out and I can move and I can feel and I can be more active than I would be at home and then there's the big one diet diet is one of the primary drivers of inflammation and this is one of the free one of the freaking reasons <sighs> take a breath that I cannot stand it when people tell women or people with PCOS to go low carb, high protein. I put out this post the other day that was talking about, I think it was talking about like plant forward eating. And one of the things that I was talking about in this post was that high carb, or I'm sorry, high protein, low carb diets are inflammatory. They are toxic in my opinion. They cut off years of our lives and this has got to stop. If you are, and here's the thing, people commented below that, below the posts, like there were a couple of people that were like, you know, and, and no shame, right? No judgment. It's your body. It's your rules. 
but people will comment and say things like, well, high, high protein, low carb worked for me. I lost all of this weight. Weight loss is not going to tell you too much about the state of inflammation in your body and, and your risk for chronic disease. This is confusing because we know that, like I just said, fat is one of the common drivers of inflammation, but we don't want weight loss. We don't just want regular old weight loss. We want weight loss that is, that is coming from a place of, of anti-inflammatory eating and lifestyle. So just because you're experiencing weight loss in the moment, that doesn't mean that you're adding any amount of time to your life. And it's not just about being skinny, right? Like it's about living a long time, having a healthy body, having a healthy internal environment. This is why anti-inflammatory eating is so important. This is why focusing on calories and quantity is so outdated and a quality first approach is what we really need. Anti-inflammatory eating is eating that is plant forward and eating that minimizes a few things that are very, very common in Western diets, which are refined grains and processed carbohydrates. This is like when you go into the grocery store and you see this whole array of like white breads and processed baked goods and packaged Oreos and Chips Ahoy cookies and graham crackers and those types of things, that's processed refined carbohydrates. That is a very different kind of carbohydrate from whole grains and beans and nuts and seeds and vegetables and fruit. So what do we wanna, what do we wanna limit? And this doesn't mean, limit doesn't mean cut it out completely and never eat it again. Limit just means limit. Process, or processed refined carbohydrates. What else? White sugar. So this kind of comes back again to that processed refined carbohydrate part, but this could also just be like sugar. So some common culprits are going to be like our Starbucks drinks, right? Like you can have the Starbucks drink once or twice a week, but if you're doing it every day and you're ordering a venti or a trenta, could be an issue, will be an issue. This could be soda, this could be Gatorade, this could be vitamin water, this could be any number of things, donuts, fast food. Sugar also just finds its way into a lot of items in our grocery stores. So this is where just being a conscientious consumer and reading labels can be very helpful. And then the third thing that we're limiting in this eating pattern, not avoiding completely, but limiting, is going to be red meat and processed meat. This is like one of the most controversial things that I say, um, at least one of the things that elicits like the biggest reaction from people is, is people have a really hard time hearing this. <laughs> it doesn't matter whether it's farm raised or organic or whatever. We want to reduce our intake of processed meats and red meat. This includes things like sausage and salami and um, hot dogs and I'm trying to think of other processed meats right now. Bacon, bologna, 
those are really the things that we want to limit. Again, this doesn't mean you never eat it. Like I posted my stories last night that I was out at a painting party with one of my girlfriends and we ordered this like huge cheese and salami plate, right? You can do those things, but it's not, it's something that you want to limit on it on a regular basis. And then red meat. So red meat is beef and pork. Pork is also red meat. Beef and pork. And yeah, I mean, that's pretty self-explanatory. So when we reduce our intakes of those three things and increase our intake of plant-forward foods like whole grains and beans and nuts and seeds and herbs and spices and vegetables and fruits and healthy fats like olive oil and avocado and olives and yes, canola oil, when we increase our intakes of those things, this is where miracles happen. I was standing in the mirror this morning and I was looking at my skin. And it was really interesting because before I was standing in the mirror looking at my skin, I had said to myself, I was like, man, Emily, and I want, I'm, I'm telling you this because I still have to work at eating a, a plant-forward diet. It's not something that's just super, super easy. It requires intentionality. I was saying to myself, I was like, I feel like I haven't eaten as many vegetables this week as I usually do, and I'm craving vegetables. And I told my husband, I'm like, honey, we're not going out to eat this weekend. We're cooking all the vegetables and we're, we're making salads. And I, I just, I was craving it. And so I was standing in the mirror and I was like looking at my skin and I was like, what? You probably can't see it. and You're probably going to think I'm crazy, but I had like two small zits and I'm probably going to sound like an asshole, but like, I don't get zits. I never break out because I follow a Mediterranean diet and I stand by that. But one week eating less vegetables than I usually do and less olive oil than I usually do, and I started noticing it in my skin. So I'm telling you this because this anti-inflammatory eating pattern works so much faster than you would believe. You follow this eating pattern for a week and your skin is gonna be glowing and you're gonna have more energy than you know what to do with and your joint pain is gonna be gone and you're gonna have